Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, with you guys as always. And today, it is Zach Hubbard along with me, and it is time to preview one of the most highly anticipated decisions of the 2022 cycle. It was announced earlier this week that uh, 2022 five-star defensive tackle Travis Shaw is now set to make his decision. That decision will come down uh, on Saturday. We're going to break that down for you here coming up on this edition of the podcast. Also, a couple other recruiting notes that we'll throw out there for you guys. Uh, And uh, we also have to talk about uh, Jake Pope and and his commitment to Alabama, what that means for the Tar Heels uh, in the 2022 class and at the safety position. But first of all, Zach, uh, how's it been going, man? It's been a little bit since we've talked to you, uh, and I'm assuming that uh, you're ready for uh, what is set to be a big weekend for Tar Heel recruiting. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as we've mentioned pretty much with every – edition of the podcast that we've had sort of in these summer months. Uh, recruiting doesn't stop. It likely won't stop in the season uh, proper, but it's definitely not stopping now as the commitments continue to roll in, or I should say, recruits making their decisions continue to roll in. Yeah, and look, you know, th- this week you had two guys that I think a lot of people were starting to expect uh, were going to let their decisions roll into the season. You know, we're going to talk about Shaw's commitment coming up, but uh, let's talk about Jake Pope's commitment to Alabama. Uh, this was one that a lot of people, I think, you know, after he had said during, uh, you know, the month of July, I think it was early July on social media, that he was ready to make his decision. Uh, he was going to silently commit to a school uh, and then would release that decision sometime in the middle of July. That didn't end up happening. So a lot of people were thinking that this was one that he was going to continue to take his time with, maybe take an official visit to Georgia, which he was not able to do during the summer. Um, 
But in in the end, uh, you know, he he said when he was previewing his commitment that he just felt like uh, he he had a special connection with one school that turned out to be Alabama, which most people predicted uh, going into the commitment that that was the school that he was talking about there. And uh, you know, Zach, you're, you're a guy that follows uh, Alabama recruiting uh, in depth as well. You know, what do you make of of Jake Pope going to Alabama, and, and do you think that uh, th- this is a move that uh, ultimately uh, was something we should have seen coming all along? Yeah, I think that this is one that specifically in the past few weeks, more so the past month, has really been going back and forth between North Carolina and Alabama. Those have really been the top two here. Yes, Georgia was involved, did seem to go back and forth whether he was or was not a take for the dogs. Um, it did get there, I believe, uh, within the past few weeks during sort of that last week in July uh, where he did not visit Alabama or North Carolina. But it's really been those two, uh, you know, that we've seen and heard about as the top two the past few weeks. And it sounds like it was a tough decision in between um, both, you know, North Carolina and Alabama. Based on comments that he has made since committing, it does seem like the allure of playing in a program that plays regularly for national championships, being developed by a coach such such as Nick Saban, uh, really was sort of the the edge that allowed Alabama to get this commitment. Obviously, sort of when you look at what North Carolina invested here, it was a guy that the defensive staff, specifically defensive coordinator, uh, Jay Bateman loved as a prospect. It's a, it's a guy that we've mentioned we valued as a prospect. Uh, despite his ranking, we thought with camps would have likely been in that four-star range and could end up there before National Signing Day. Uh, but it was just you know a, a situation in which a, a team that has more of a a you know a history in recent years was able to supplant North Carolina, and that's you know that thing is going to happen. That's that's just the nature of recruiting. That's the nature of the sport. You see it with several teams. You see it with Alabama, Ohio State, uh, North Carolina. Sees it often. You know, as we've discussed with Clemson recruiting against Clemson, they have sort of that national title pedigree, and that's going to carry weight with any school that recruits against schools of that caliber. And that's where North Carolina is trying to get to now. In terms of Pope, I think moving forward, I think you look at. Who's next on the board? There's not really a ton of names out there, but there was one recently that was offered by a three-star athlete out of the state of Georgia, Will Hardy, currently committed to uh, the Virginia Cavaliers. Um, So he's a committed prospect, but sort of received an offer within these past few weeks. Um, Could look to visit at some point during the season, so... You know, could he be a guy that ends up as sort of the Jake Pope replacement? I don't know as yet. It's hard to say. Um, and similar to what we discussed with Dalen Everett, I think that safety as well as cornerback is a position where they would like to add more players, but they're going to continue to evaluate. Might see some more offers go out either in the fall, might see some transfer portal action, things along those lines. So, yes, Jake Pope is a miss, but. As we have discussed, this North Carolina program in the position that they're at right now can be sort of flexible with the talent that they bring in, whether it be from the high school ranks, from the transfer portal, or anywhere else. 
Well, there's a couple elements that that go into kind of what Carolina does next. I, I think, you know, first of all, you look at the position. What does it look like going forward? What does it look like primarily over the next couple of years? Um, and this is one of the positions where you do have some veteran guys that are back there. So Trey Morrison will play this year. Um, he does have, you know, the, the other thing that I guess you have to remember I would it, that, that I think is going to slip a lot of people's minds going forward is that, you know, even though guys will be listed as seniors, juniors, whatever, uh, they are they are not factoring in the COVID year until they officially determine that they want to come back, uh, which then they would be classified as super seniors. We're seeing that this year with guys like Bo Corrales, uh, Tamon Fox, Tyrone Hopper. Uh, they're going to do the same thing with those guys. So uh, if you're just looking based on what it would normally be, then Trey Morrison is probably playing his last year at Carolina. Um, that would also mean that you're projecting forward and you're looking at guys like Giovanni Biggers, who we've heard a lot about here uh, so far in spring and fall camp, and people think are going to be a big part of what Carolina does this year. Uh, he would possibly be on his way out. Um, but other than that, I, I mean, again, there, there are some veterans that are there. Um, you know, Don Chapman's another one there, but he's really looking at, you know, at, at probably being the long-term solution at nickel for Carolina here uh, over the next two or three years. Um, it, it looks like they're, they're still in a pretty good spot. So I don't feel like it was one of those positions that coming in, we were saying it, it was a need. Um, it hurts that, you know, you were you know on Jake Pope for as long as you were. Uh, that was a guy that Jay Bateman really felt fit his system very well. Um, it, it, you know, he, he was really the primary target, even when he was a guy that, you know, some people really didn't know a whole lot about as a recruit. Carolina was on him uh, well before uh, some of these some of the other schools that eventually got into the race um, and then you know you also miss on the guy that apparently was their backup plan but was a pretty good backup plan as well uh, in Sherrod Koval who is currently at Clemson there are some people that say that that recruitment may not be over just yet I find it hard to believe that he's going to come off of that commitment at, at, at this time um, but you know I guess you never really know I think that's an area where if there is any smoke there. Carolina is definitely going to pursue it. They're definitely going to keep recruiting him. Um, but like you mentioned, Will Hardy is a guy that they offered. Um, he's a guy that's you know out of a school in, in the Atlanta area, Greater Atlanta Christian. Um, that's actually where Trey Morrison played his high school football. Carolina's got uh, a wide receiver that walked on from there. So Carolina's got some ties uh, to that high school. Uh, they do very well in that area. That's one of those areas that fits inside of the footprint that Mac Brown was talking about and you know the, I think the biggest thing is is that you know this is a guy if, if this was a player from the state of Virginia I know Carolina does very well in the state of Virginia but if this was a guy from the state of Virginia that was committed to the Cavaliers I think it would honestly be tougher to flip his commitment than it's going to be uh, to get you know if, if they really pursue it to get him to flip his commitment um, 
you know, he honestly, uh, you know, for Carolina, it's going to be a thing of whether or not they feel like they can convince him he's a better fit in their defense. The fact that he's considered an athlete shows that he's probably uh, fits sort of that versatile role that they want. Um, and I, I think that Carolina definitely has an opportunity there if they want it. Um, I, I, I mean, no, no offense to what Bronco Mendenhall and Virginia have been building up there, but that feels like one of those recruitments where Carolina could come in if they and if they really want them they could sort of flex their muscle a little bit and take that commitment away uh, and like you said I think one of the other elements here is that uh, we, we've seen it multiple times here over the past couple of years since Dre Bly has been there one of the main position groups uh, where Carolina really focuses on um, you know w- w- when they get past the early signing period and into that late period is they've done a good job of recruiting defensive backs there you know they recruited Don Chapman there that's where they got uh, Dante Balfour this past year so th- I-, I feel like that's probably an option that Carolina could approach and then like you said the transfer portal is always something that you've got to keep in the back of your mind and Carolina Carolina is doing that on the recruiting trail as well by saving uh, some roster spots. So I, I think that there, there are a lot of options here. Pope definitely is one that Carolina would have wanted because they felt like he fit their defense so well. But it's it's far from a, a major blow for Carolina. And, and it's honestly probably something that Carolina had been preparing for for a while. So uh, we move off of his commitment and go on to Travis Shaw's upcoming commitment. As we mentioned, it is going to be on Saturday. The announcement will take place at Grimsley High School at 6 o'clock p.m. As of right now, I don't know if there's somewhere where they are going to be streaming that. I would assume, no doubt, if it's not going to be on one of the major networks um, you know, or CBS Sports uh, HQ, which they have done a lot of announcements on there as well. Uh, that will definitely be one that there will be multiple outlets there that will have cameras, both dictatorial outlets. Um, you'll probably have Clemson outlets that will be there and possibly even some Georgia outlets that will be in attendance for that one and will uh, po- you know, probably have a stream up for you guys where you'll be able to watch that. Um, this is as big as it gets. Carolina has wanted to get into big boy recruiting. Mac Brown uh, says that he likes the challenge and uh, this is as big as it gets. You're talking about a guy that's ranked as the number three overall prospect in the 2022 class. He's the number two defensive tackle in the class and the number one player in the state of North Carolina. He took an official visit, of course, to Chapel Hill on the final weekend of June and also attended the cookout in July. That was something that some people were concerned about during that week, that he wouldn't attend the cookout and would instead go to Georgia. Georgia's uh, recruiting event that weekend. He did not. He instead went to Carolina's, and uh, the Tar Heels uh, feel pretty good about where they are at this point, it would seem, uh, with the fact that they hold 13 of the last 14 predictions between the two major sites. The other uh, prediction as well was to North Carolina A&T. There doesn't really seem to be a whole lot of smoke there. Um, Carolina definitely has to feel pretty good about where they're at. And, you know, first of all, I I, I, you, what, what's your feeling on on what we're hearing about Travis Shaw, Zach, and uh, you know how big would this be for Carolina if they were able to pull this off? Yeah, I mean, going into this announcement, as we have discussed, this is 
you know, up there, specifically in this cycle, but arguably in the second Mac Brown era of North Carolina recruiting, uh, you know, Travis Shaw is up there as one of the most highly ranked and most coveted recruits uh, that North Carolina has been in on up to this point in recent years. Of course, you know, you mentioned guys like Dalen Everett this past cycle. You see guys like Sam Howell, Trent Simpson, uh, Keyshawn Silver. We've seen numerous highly ranked either top 50 or even five-star guys that North Carolina has been involved with. Some they've gotten, some they have not. Um, this prospect, Travis Shaw, is the highest ranked, at least in my memory, that North Carolina has been involved with really in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, you have to look back to your your Mar- Marvin Austin's or anything along those lines if you want to, you know, find a, a guy to that level. So, you know, this is um, this is a big deal. I mean, this is a top five player. This is a national recruit or a recruit that multiple teams want. Uh, in terms of the primary contenders at this point, I really think it's. Um, you know, mostly a top three. Uh, of course, no disrespect to North Carolina A and T there, but do not feel, at least based on the intel that I'm receiving, that they are going to be the selection. So you have to look at the you know the rest of his final four. Uh, so North Carolina, obviously Clemson and Georgia. There's sort of been some conflicting reports throughout late June and July as to who is sort of the primary competition in North Carolina. North Carolina has been the constant, but it's sort of gone back and forth between is he torn between North Carolina and Clemson or is he torn between North Carolina and Georgia? And really in this scenario, I don't think that it makes too much of a difference either way because, as I mentioned, the constant there has been North Carolina. Ahead of this announcement, uh, just based on all the buzz that we're hearing as well as the crystal balls for those that follow and doubt those, the buzz is on North Carolina going into this announcement. Obviously, there are a few days ahead from the point that he announced that. Obviously, Clemson and Georgia, I'm sure, have been in communication with him, are trying to make their final pitches. Same with North Carolina, but it certainly seems going into this announcement, barring any unexpected change, that North Carolina would be the selection. North Carolina would be the choice for a top five player in this class. I think that if they are the selection, you have to look at familiarity. This is a guy that they've been on for quite a while. Uh, transferred, I believe, to Grimsley from um, is it Guilford High School. What is, what is the high school that uh, Miles Murphy attended there oh, in Greensboro? Geez. It's, oh, that, it's a disaster trying to figure out all the ones that are up there. I think that was Southwest Guilford, if I remember correctly. It might be. Regardless... To my knowledge, they had, they were together, so there was that connection. That's they obviously had a relationship. That's the main point that I'm getting to. Um, they knew one another, so that's a connection there. Um, really, the whole staff has been involved here. Obviously, area recruiter Lonnie Galloway has been involved, uh, but also you know the uh, defensive line coach and Tim Cross has been a factor here, and then just other commits and prospects in both the 2020 and 2021 class. He's been to campus a ton of times. He knows all of the guys that are associated with North Carolina. Obviously had interest in Clemson and Georgia, but I think there's just, there's so much familiarity between Travis and this, and North Carolina. And I I think that, you know, 
their selection, it's a clear indication that he sort of believes in this vision. Not only is he comfortable, but he's confident in what this staff and what this program is building towards. And I think similar to other improvements that we've seen, similar to Sam Howell, similar to Tony Grimes, similar to Drake May. Uh, getting a commitment from Travis Shaw, I think that would be huge. I think that it sends a message nationally. I think it sends a message you know, to fans nationally. I think it sends a message to other coaching staffs. And I think it sends a message to recruits. As silly as it may sound to some people that don't really follow recruiting that closely, seeing a guy of that caliber commit to a school almost sort of validates that school in your mind now that sort of sounds like are you making your own decision or are you just you know following this you know this guy in your class that you know is very good but it sort of goes to show you know a guy like travis shaw he can really go anywhere he likes if he chooses north carolina well you know to a, another kid whether that be a george petaway or a Zach Rice or anyone else, whether in this class or future classes, it sort of shows, you know, if this guy has all of these choices and he's choosing North Carolina, well, there must be something there that I need to take another look at. So I, I think that, you know, this potential recruiting win for the staff, it would be a huge validation. It would be, you know, a big head-to-head win versus Clemson, which is something you know, that we are consistently looking for in recruiting as we look at North Carolina recruiting against Clemson. And I, I think that it would be arguably the biggest recruitment to date uh, for North Carolina. Oh, I, I think you're right. I think, uh, I mean, I mean, you look, and Marvin Austin is, is rated, I mean, barely as a better prospect than him. But I don't know in terms of the importance. And, I mean, look, you can go back and, and say, well, look, if, if, you know, Marvin Austin doesn't, you know, end up revealing what he revealed on, on social media, whatever, maybe that 2010 team can be in the hunt and and could be in a similar spot to what we were talking about uh, with this year's team heading into the season. But I feel like that added element that you talked about of Clemson consistently beating Carolina for in-state prospects year in and year out. I mean, the ones that I think everybody are, you know, is are going to remember for the longest time here is of course, you know, it started with Dexter Lawrence. That was really at the start of um, you know, them becoming a a national power. Uh and and that was one where I mean, Carolina at the time was was good but not not great. That was still relatively early for Larry Fedora. So, um that that was one that definitely hurt. But I think the one that people were really starting to wonder, how do you find a way to beat this team, was Trenton Simpson. Because he was a guy that, honestly, very similar to the Dalen Everett situation, um, you know, was, was pretty much fully... I, I mean, most people believe that he was committed to Carolina, si- silently committed, uh, before Clemson comes in and, and ends up offering. Um, for him, that immediately changed it. I mean, I, I remember... I was covering one of the high school football championship games. Um, it was it was actually the Vance and Leesville road game uh, in the four AA state championship. Watching now current Tar Heel linebacker Power Eccles at the time, um, and heading into that day, going into that go, going into the media booth, 
the thinking was, okay, you know, most people weren't talking about it, but the thinking was, all right, Trenton Simpson is is going to be a Toriel. He's going to be one of the headliners here. This is a huge get for Mac Brown. By the end of that day, he was already committed to Clemson. Um, the minute, I mean, they, he pretty much committed on the spot. And I think that was the one that really got to Toriel fans and made them wonder, is this really going to happen? And then this year, you know, you get into the Dalen Everett situation. That was one where Carolina felt like they were in a really good spot heading into the month of June. It seemed like from you know what we saw that he went to campus on that final weekend of June and had a pretty solid visit. He was actually there with Travis Shaw. Uh, and it seemed like Everything went according to plan. Didn't really hear uh, any reaction from any of his official visits that would have told you that somebody else was making that much of a push. But right before he ends up committing, Clemson becomes the favorite and ends up landing his commitment. So I feel like a lot of people were really wondering, even with Travis Shaw being an in-state guy, being as closely connected to Carolina uh, as he is and as closely connected to Miles Murphy as he is, would they be able to pull this off? And this is this is huge. And I think, uh, you know, this is really as much of it as it's a statement to, you know, the rest of the country, as much as it's a statement to Clemson, I think this is a bigger statement to the guys that – Carolina is going to continue to recruit in state that again this this is when we talked about locking down the state we didn't just mean the three and four star prospects we meant that the best prospects in this state whether regardless of if they're you know four star prospects or the top player in the country we are going to do everything that we possibly can to land their commitment and I also think that it's a pretty big statement to you know some of the top players around the country in general that look uh, Carolina is a team that's going to go out and recruit the best right now Mac Brown is not a guy that's going to shy away from that if you uh, you know are, are, are interested at all he, he's going to make a push for you no matter where you are uh, and no matter the star rating he's not going to move over and say well you got teams like Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson out here, we just can't live up to that same expectation. And as as a Toriel fan, if you're seeing that from Mac Brown, I mean, that's about all you can hope for. Because if you want this team to get to a point that we think is possible with Mac Brown before the end of what will probably ultimately be his coaching career, uh, he needs to be able to recruit on a championship level. And Landing Travis Shaw is doing just that. That that's I mean it, it, he's a massive prospect, and you know if Carolina ends up landing his commitment, which it looks like they're going to, we're going to get down and 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 break down the type of player that Travis Shaw is. But let me just say this: I've watched a lot of prospects over the, the these last few years. Um, I've seen a lot of these guys in person. I went and watched Des Evans in person, um, and 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 he was impressive. When I put on Travis Shaw's film, when I watch, you know, the games that I've seen of him where I've watched full games and see every play, the good and the bad, um, there is not much bad at all, if any. He is about as consistent of a player as you're going to get, and he looks every part of the five-star that he is rated. So, yeah, this would be just, I mean, monumental for Carolina. And I think, you know, if anybody is questioning 
where this class is at, you know, after losing Dalen Everett, missing out on Jake Pope, and you know, kind of wondering, okay, well, you've got some, you got some good guys in Sebastian Cheeks and and Amari and Hampton, but this is a relatively small class, and it's rated outside of the top twenty. Should we be concerned about that? This would end all of that on the spot, uh, no doubt. I, I I don't think that there's there would be any questions going forward um, if Carolina is able to pull this off. And again, uh, six o'clock is going to be the announcement. I'm assuming uh, you know heading in, Zach, you are uh, all in on the Tar Heels uh, landing this commitment. I I think. Uh, if I had to say, I, I would I would say that Clemson's probably the biggest threat. But I think at this point, I mean, most people can sh- should feel pretty confident that Carolina is going to be the pick for them. Yes, I probably would lean towards uh, Clemson being the you know competitor in this. Obviously, as we've discussed throughout this recruitment, that's been the feeling um, is that Clemson is the primary competitor as the. The closest school of a certain caliber. Um, I do feel that it's North Carolina at this time, like I, you know, mentioned, because I, I think that for a lot of Tar Heel fans, um, after the Dalen Everett situation, there's a little bit of hes- hesitancy mm-hmm. uh, to how they look at these recruitments, specifically recruiting against teams like Georgia and like Clemson. You kind of want to go in with a guarded feeling, but based on the, all the information that we're getting. As of this point, it does look to be North Carolina as the selection. Obviously, a few more days here before that commitment is made, but that's where we're leaning right now. As of today, it looks like the Tar Heels would be the selection. Yeah, and uh, again, we'll, we'll have you covered on that front on the website. Um, you know, the announcement uh, is going to be uh, it, it early in the evening, so uh, we'll have something up. We'll react to that. Um, that might be one where we'll try to get you as as much immediate reaction as we possibly can uh, to that commitment uh, because of just how big it is. So, um, yeah, make sure that you guys are, are, are watching for all the great stuff. We're going to have a commitment preview on the website for you guys, um, which will sort of break down, uh, you know, what we expect. Um, I'll give you, you know, a little more in-depth look at why I'm picking Carolina to land his commitment. Um, and we'll talk about how important it is uh, for Carolina line to land his commitment in there um and, and you know one the, this is the last thing that that I'll, I'll ask here of you on this topic before we you know go to some of the uh, the last minute stuff and, and wrap it up here I, I think one of the questions that a lot of people are, are going to be asking now after uh you know this blooming commitment for Carolina is do you think that this has an effect for some of the other uncommitted targets in the class? I think the one, I think most people are looking at George Petaway and saying, all right, this guy looks like he's pretty much in regardless. But I think the main one is, do you think that this could maybe make Zach Rice look at Carolina in maybe even a little bit of a different light than he is seeing now. I mean, Carolina's in a good spot for him, but do you think this could elevate uh, Carolina even a little bit more for him to see that Carolina has a a fellow top 10 prospect in the country committed to the class? Yeah, I mean, without any specific intel, I I do think that it would have an impact uh, with Zach Rice, at least to some extent. I, I think that with his decision... Um, specifically, as we mentioned, it, it's not one that we you know, have a lot of 
solid intel on at least at this point it does look like it's going to go into the fall but just overall as i mentioned you know when you have a guy of travis shaw's caliber commit in your class regardless of which school you go to that matters that matters for not only your team and for the schools around you but that matters to other recruits to see that and see that influence and you know to look at here's a guy that's going to build this team up that's going to help us you know us potentially if, if Zach or any other prospect was to commit but is going to help North Carolina be more successful more likely than not so that sort of raises the expectation of what North Carolina can be in the future which is important to recruits and then it, it, it's also a thought of you know who am I going to go up against in practice, who who are the the players on the other side of the ball that are going to make me better? I think that matters to some extent as well. It's not really something that's mentioned, you know, a ton. Generally, it's just a discussion of overall team talent. But you know, if you're a wide receiver, you want to go up against good defensive backs, whether that be your own guys in practice or just overall in the league. Those are things that you know guys mentioned when they go to schools like the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Georgias, the Clemsons, they want to go to those schools because they know that other good players are going to those schools and they're going to be able to every day in practice go up against those guys. So I do think that it would, you know, be a positive impact for Zach Rice in North Carolina's favor. Is it going to you know, swing his recruitment? I'm not going to say that necessarily, mainly like I mentioned, because we don't have a lot of you know definitive intel on him recently but it would matter and i also think that it would matter with other prospects within uh 2022 and potentially 2023 when you look at some of these in-state guys obviously it's early but it's another example of we see this guy and that you know is another point in favor of north carolina you saw it with tony grimes you saw him commit you know to north carolina and you saw guys in virginia mention him specifically I think the same thing could be true for some of those in-state recruits once they see Travis Shaw commit it could be just that much more in North Carolina's favor and their recruitment could speed some things up for some of these 2023 guys yeah I couldn't agree more I couldn't agree I I, I think that you look at um you know I mean first of all just just how big of a prospect he is I think that you know when it comes to the 2023 class uh, he's a very boisterous guy on social media um we've seen that here over the last uh, couple of days as well when it's come to trying to get some uh potential rivalry matchups set up in the Greensboro area between his high school and one of the uh other top high schools in that area um so he's gonna be a guy that's that's going to push the bill he's going to uh, definitely try to get some of the best around him and and you wonder if he's the type of guy that when he gets in there and and he he is committed um, if he commits to Carolina if he's a guy that's going to uh, you know sort of get get in Zach Rice's head and say look man you know I'm I'm playing here now Uh, if you want to uh, be the best you got to compete against the best as you were talking about and I think that uh, that could definitely be something that could factor in I definitely can't hurt Carolina uh, is, is how I see it. And uh, I, if, if I remember correctly, 
I may be remembering the prospects wrong, but I know that I, I believe that it was him and Zach Rice that used to play on a, a Pee Wee football team together um, when they were younger. So I believe that there is some sort of connection there. Not sure uh, exactly how much of a connection is is there because you know, that was so long ago in their lives. But uh, still, I, it's definitely something that is going to have lasting effects for Carolina if they can pull it off uh, going forward over the next couple of years on the recruiting trip. So a couple other recruiting notes before we get out of here. Uh, first of all, in-state four-star wide receiver Shalik Knotts. Uh, he ended up committing to Maryland. Really no shock. Um, that was something that was uh, probably even more expected than Pope uh, committing to Alabama. Uh, this was something that we saw coming for a while. He took some really good visits over the summer uh, back in June to Maryland. Uh, Carolina was in this one early on, but it really feels like Carolina backed off and has really put their focus into their other top prospect at wide receiver uh, in the class. And Carolina did land in his top six uh, over the weekend. That is Andre Green Jr., of course. Uh, the Tar Heels in there uh, with uh, Clemson, most notably, uh, as well as a couple other uh, big-time competitors. Uh, the most notable absence from that group was, uh, was Notre Dame. A lot of people thought that the Fighting Irish were going to be in there. They are not in that final group. So really looks like, as as we thought, when he ended up receiving uh, that commitment, even really before that, when they were talking about the fact that he could uh, receive or receive that offer, excuse me, uh, when it comes to a commitment, it will probably ultimately come down to Carolina and Clemson. I think Georgia's one to keep an eye on there as well. Um, I know Penn State, they, they've recruited very well. Actually, I believe they still, at this moment, have the top recruiting class in the 2022 cycle. But it feels like them, LSU, and Oregon aren't quite in the same standing with the other three. But this definitely feels like another one of those battles where, you know, can, can Carolina, who had the early momentum in this recruitment, hold off a late offer and late charge from Clemson? Uh, we'll have to see going forward. But that, that is a good step for Carolina to land in that top six. And it also means that it looks like this recruitment more than likely uh, is going to go, I mean, it's definitely going to go into the season, and I would be shocked, especially with it being only a top six, uh, if this does not go all the way until the early signing day. So uh, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Carolina also in the 2023 class, one note that we'll throw in there, at the wide receiver position. They did receive a crystal ball prediction a couple of days ago for uh, in-state wide receiver Chris Culliver at a Maiden High School, uh, which is just outside the Charlotte area. He's visited campus a couple of times. Seems like he is pretty happy with what he's seen from Carolina. Still very early on, but do remember that Carolina already has a commitment in that 2023 class in quarterback Tad Hudson. He starts his uh, uh, upco his upcoming junior season uh, on on Thursday night uh, in Charlotte. Uh, it'll be at Memorial Stadium as part of the Ortho Carolina Kickoff Classic. Uh, that is going to be broadcasted on NFHS Network. Uh, that that game, if you want to stream it, will be on there. Uh, and it'll also be on if you're in the local uh, Charlotte area. And I believe possibly on the, app, on the streaming app, it'll be broadcasted on WFNZ uh, in Charlotte. 
Charlotte. I will be on the call for that game along with uh, regular midday host Kyle Bailey. He's going to be on. Uh, he'll be the guy doing play-by-play. I'll be doing analysis. So if you're in the Charlotte area and you want to listen to Tad Hudson's first game of his junior season, make sure you tune into that. Uh, we'll have all the coverage for you there on WFNZ. So um, some some really exciting stuff because after that game, the uh, state of North Carolina gets underway. I know the state of South Carolina was supposed to be the next week. There are a bunch of teams that are in COVID protocol uh, down there. So a lot of stuff that's uh, kind of up in the air. Carolina's got some targets in the 2023 class, primarily in the state of South Carolina. That will be worth keeping an eye on. But we're going to be bringing back the scouting reports. We'll do a few of those for you guys uh, throughout the season. Don't think we're going to be able to do as many as we were doing last year, uh, but we are still going to give you some of those as we go uh, throughout, you know, the the, the fall season uh, in you know the, every state this year. There is no spring season. Everybody is back to the fall, so. We're going to get a look at some of the top commits, some of the top targets for the Tar Heels on the recruiting trail, and uh, give you a full in-game breakdown of these guys throughout the season. As I mentioned, other stuff that will be up on the website. Course will be covered with uh, the Travis Shaw stuff. Uh, wall-to-wall coverage on that. I'm going to have a preview, a recap. we got a new writer that's coming on that's going to be uh, giving his opinion on how big that commitment uh, will be if he ends up landing at Carolina. So there is a ton of stuff that is going to be up on the website for Travis Shaw, whether he commits to Carolina or if he doesn't commit to Carolina. Either way, we're going to have reaction of that, what it means for Carolina. So uh, there is uh, a bunch of stuff that we're going to have going up recruiting-wise on the website. And of course, when it comes to uh, you know the, the upcoming season, we've got you covered on that front as well. Uh, bold predictions, breakout candidates, those articles. We already have the podcast up. The articles will be coming out here later on this uh, coming week. Uh, I think over the weekend and, and into next week is probably when those will hit the website. So uh, those will be up there for you guys. You guys can run through those, check all those out. Those are two of the, uh, of the uh, funner articles that we do. They'll go a little more in depth on what we talked about on the podcast with uh, our bold predictions and, and, and our breakout guys. So make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out on that. And of course, go back, check out all those uh, position previews uh, for you guys. There are a couple of guys that are listed in there like uh, Javon Terry, AJ Beattie, Guys that were cur- were on the roster at the time that are no longer currently a part of the roster. But other than that, it is as up-to-date as you guys need, and it gives you a look at what we think could happen at each of the position groups going forward. And, of course, we've also had you covered and will continue to have you covered with uh, all the press conferences that are going on. That's uh, the best way that we can sort of figure out what's going on with this Tar Heel football team uh, from afar. So we have our takeaways uh, from Mac Brown's press conference every time that he has a press conference. And then week by week, we take a look at uh, what was said by the players and position coaches that have been on uh, over that past week. So those will be going up. Those usually typically go up midweek on Wednesdays. So make sure you're keeping an eye on the website for all of that. So uh, that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. Uh, Make sure that you guys uh, do subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Podcasts, Spotify. I know those are the main ones that we have people listening from. Uh, or if you listen on, on any of the other sites or the website, uh, make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss an episode uh, whenever we put out a new one. And the best place to check all that stuff out is the Facebook page. You just search at Heel Tough Blog on Facebook. You can do the same thing on Twitter as well and uh, follow that page for us. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Zach for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. <laughs>